So many of us go through life wanting more, believing if we just had more stuff, more things, more money, then we'd be happy. The problem is, we don't realize that what we have isn't who we are. Instead of trying to get rich, we must realize that we already are rich. So with God's help, it's time to be rich in what matters most. Well, good morning and welcome to part three of Being Rich in What Matters Most. And uh, I'm just excited about what God is doing through this series. And, and uh, already the, the offering has been coming in for Church uh, on Como. And I'm so excited about that. We'll talk a little bit about that in just a moment. But before we do, how about these young people up here leading worship? Come on. Come on, Capital City. Let them know you love them. Come on. You can do better than that. Ah, we love you guys. We're so proud of you. I tell you, sometimes you put us adults to shame, just getting up there and, and uh, leading worship and being part of that. I'm so proud of you for that. And, and uh, I'm just excited about what God's doing in our young people and our young adults and, and uh, in all of, our, all of our group. I'm just excited about what God's doing. And I'm excited about everybody that's joined us online. I know that not everybody can be here. And we just want to say thank you for being with us this morning, wherever you are, watching in your living room, on your iPad, or on your iPhone, or your computer, or BoxCast, or whatever it is. Capital City Church, can we give them a great big welcome? We love you guys. Thank you for joining us. Come on, let them hear you. Come on, let them hear you. We love you guys. Yeah. Yeah, we're hoping, uh, if possible, you can join us soon uh, right here in this room as we work through all of these issues. And, but I do know some are, are watching from uh, clear out of state, and, and uh, we're just glad that they're, they're with us. And this morning, we're continuing the series, uh, Being Rich in What Matters Most. And this morning, I want to talk about us being uh, rich givers. But before I do... Let's do a little bit of review because last week we had some good news and we had some bad news. How many of you remember what the good news was? Anybody remember? You are rich. That's right. Tell the person beside you, good news, you're rich. Would you tell them that? We learned that if you make about $33,000, which is actually the median income for this particular area, you are in the top 1% of wage earners in the world. Think about that for just a moment. We learned that close to 3 billion people on this earth live on less than $2 a day. Can you imagine trying to live on $2 a day? I can't imagine that. I, I, I just know that, that uh, a lot of times we are so blessed and we don't realize it because we may look at $2 and we say, oh, that's no big deal. That's nothing. That's not enough to really do anything. But literally 3 billion people in this world would say that is a whole day's worth of wages. That's a whole day's worth of living. We talked about how a lot of us, uh, we kind of suffer from what we call first world problems, right? And, and uh, we get out our phone and we start to text and we're going, oh my goodness, I don't have, any, I only have one bar. I only have one bar on my thousand dollar phone, right? Amen, huh? And he's like, does that really cost that much? Well, you don't know it because you're only paying a little bit each month, but break it down. These phones are expensive. This is basically just a computer that we carry in our, in our hand. You say, well, I don't, I don't have a smartphone. Well, it's smarter than it used to be, amen? <laughs> because we used to think a smartphone was one that was this big old brick and we'd pull up this, uh, this silver antenna and we could literally walk into any room in the house and get a signal 
and still talk without a big long cord, amen? You remember those days? But some remember trying to go out in your driveway and, and you'd get about halfway to your car and I'd like, hold on, I gotta go back in the house. I can't hear you, what you're saying, right? First world problems, you know? And then we're on our computer and go, boy, I cannot believe this Wi-Fi is so slow. It's taking me forever to download this YouTube video, right, huh? We say, man, this phone is so old. They just came out with a new one. My coat doesn't match my shoes. They quit making my favorite nail polish color. I ordered some on Amazon. It took them two days to get it to me. My life is terrible, right? My Chipotle bowl wasn't nearly as full this time as it was last time. I'm telling you, I'm never coming back here again, right? First world problems. And when we start looking at that, you know, we laugh a little bit. You know why we laugh? Because we can relate, right? We can relate. We've, most of us have said at least one of those things, maybe even in the last week or the last day. And what we don't realize is we really kind of have it made, don't we? I mean, if you came here into a, in a car, how many of you had to walk to church this morning? Raise your hand. Anybody? God, okay, well, I was going to say, if you did, we'll give you a ride home because it's raining out there. You got to come to church and not get soaking wet in the rain. How cool is that? In your climate-controlled car, you're like, oh, man, my defrost is just not working quite fast enough. You know what a defrost was in my, uh, in my Pinto when I was in college? My defrost was a, a rag because that thing never did work, amen? First world problems. But then we talked about bad news. The good news is you're rich. The bad news is what? that we're rich. Why is that bad news? Because Jesus said that it's hard for rich people to stay focused on what matters most. It's hard for us as rich people, and we've already established we're all rich, it's hard for us to stay focused on what matters most. That's why we call this series Being Rich in What Matters Most. How many of you know what matters most is the love of God and the love of people, amen? And we kind of forget that because we're so blessed. We have things so well. Why? Because the reason that we, we get focused on other things is because as a blessed people, we tend to rely on the blessing and not the blesser. We tend to, to look at the blessing and then the minute the, the newness wears out, uh, every parent in this room knows what it's like to, to plan on this awesome, number one, best idea gift that you could ever think of to get your kid when they're just little and you get them that, that, that gift and they open it up and five minutes later, the gift is sitting over in the corner and they're playing in the box, right? Huh? It's like, man, why didn't I just buy them a box, right? But we're so spoiled. And Jesus said, when we're so spoiled, it's really hard for us to stay focused on what's important. Why? Because we get busier because there's more opportunities, right? There's more demands. There's more options. There's more vacations. And, and the fact is, the more we get, the more discontented we are. My kids used to watch VeggieTales growing up. Anybody watch VeggieTales? Oh, yeah, you guys like that too. And, and uh, great theology in VeggieTales. And I'll never forget the VeggieTales of Madame Blueberry. And uh, she just needed more stuff. In fact, she would go to Stuff Mart. <laughs> they called it Stuff Mart. That was kind of good, wasn't it? And she'd go to Stuff Mart, and, and they did a whole song going into stuff, stuff Mart, and there's this, and there's that, and that, and you can buy this and buy that. And, and one day she was headed back to Stuff Mart because the stuff that she had wasn't enough, and she needed more stuff. And Larry stopped her and said, how much do you remember Larry? The, he was a cucumber. Is that right, Daniel? Larry the cucumber? And Larry the cucumber said, well, Madam Blueberry, how much stuff do you need? And I'll never forget this. She looks at, I don't know, how much stuff is there? <laughs> right? Isn't that kind of the attitude that we get? 
Studies show that percentage-wise, those who earn more, those who have more, actually give less. The bad news is that we're rich and we find ourselves, because we're rich and we get more, then we think we want more. It says that the bottom 20% give over, watch this, two times as much as the top 20%. Don't feel bad though, because in America, we are above average in something. How many of you wanna be above average in at least one thing? Raise your hand. Well, in America, we are above average in at least one thing, and that is shopping. We're really good at that. I mean, we started with Black Friday, and then we had to take over uh, Thanksgiving Day, and now it's Black Month. What? Come on. I mean, all month long, we go on shopping, and, and uh, you know, I, I, get a, I get a notification every day from different stores. Hey, it's Black Friday already. Start, start buying, 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 right? And the fact is, we get so caught up in stuff that we forget who it is that blesses us with that stuff. So you might ask, why did God make us rich? Why did God do that? Why did he bless us so much? Well, number one, I believe that he does bless us so that we can enjoy it. It's okay to enjoy the stuff that you have, right? How many of you are glad we can enjoy the stuff that we have? Come on, raise your hand. How many of you are glad? We're glad. God wants you to enjoy it. He's our daddy. He He wants to bless us, but he also wants us to put our hope in the God who richly blesses us. He's hoping we will realize that it is he who's blessed us with all of this stuff. And as we enjoy it, we say, thank you, Daddy, for the blessings that we have. I think I told you the story. This was epic, and I I hope I can find the video sometime. I, I know we videoed it, but my firstborn daughter, Jessica, she was maybe about five years old and and uh, my parents had gotten her a gift, and we had told them, they said, what should we get, Jessica? And, and they, we said, you should get her this. That she, I think she would love it. I think she would love it. And, and she hadn't asked for it, but, but she just, she just I, I thought that was what she wanted. And, and man, we were right, because she, she tore into that Christmas morning. She goes, oh my goodness, this is awesome. Just what I always wanted. This is great. Then she looked up right at the camera and she said, what is it, <laughs> right? And so we're just glad to get stuff even if we don't know what it is, right? And we were just glad that she was thankful to us. But he also says, you know what? I've made you rich because I want you to enjoy it. I, I want you to put your hope in me who has blessed you with it, but I also want you to give more because I have blessed you. I don't want you to become uh, a cog in the, in, the, in the flow of blessing. I am blessing you so that you will become a conduit of blessing. I can bless others through you. See, one reason that God blesses us is that we will bless others. Second Corinthians in your notes, if you want to open up your program, your outline is right in there and you can follow along. There's some fill-ins we'll do in just a moment. It says uh, in, in verse nine, you will be made rich in every way so that you can, watch this, everyone say, so that, underline those two words, so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result, watch this, in thanksgiving to God. Now, Pastor Crystal mentioned just a little bit ago that we're almost up on Thanksgiving, and this is the time that we give thanks to God. And how do we give thanks to God? We pass on the blessings that he's given, us, given to us. 
Now, if you weren't here last week, you might be saying today, uh, oh, he, uh, pastor's preaching about money. He must be going to raise money for the church and try to get more. That's not it at all. If you were here last week, you know, I'm actually asking us to give money to another church. We're going to have a Thanksgiving offering next week, and some of you have already given towards this offering. I'm so blessed by that. But we're going to have a Thanksgiving offering, and we're going to bless another church that we feel that we can bless, the Church on Como. The Church on Como is a great ministry in, in Columbus that, that reaches out to the, the hurting and the, and, and the struggling and those that, that have nowhere to turn except for Jesus, and, and they are being Jesus. They are the hands and feet of Jesus right there, and we're going to bless them through what God's blessed us with. Amen? amen? Come on, amen? Isn't that great? We're going to bless them. Why? Because the way that we can thank God for what he's doing with us is to pass it on to others and bless them. Look what it says in 1 Timothy 6.18. Command those who are rich, that's us, we've already established that, command those who are rich to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous, watch this, and willing to share. Now, one of the first things our parents probably taught us early on, especially if we had siblings, I know my parents did, is we've got to be willing to share. We've got to be willing to share with our siblings. I'll never forget, we were traveling out west, and, and we stopped in this little one-stop place. We, we were trying to find a place to eat, and, and uh, we stopped there to, to get some food, and, and uh, I'm not going to sell out my sibling. I won't tell you which one it was, but one of my siblings ordered fries, and, and I was always the vacuum cleaner. I would just wait till everybody else was done, and then I'd just help them out, amen? Just, uh, just in Jesus' name, can I help you with the rest of that? And, and so uh, my sibling was, was, had a great big bunch of fries, and, and I had ordered a small fry, and, and they had ordered, I think, a large fry, and, and, and I said, hey, could, could I have one of those fries? Nope, nope, they're mine, and, and uh, I said, could I have one? And dad said, Give, almost said their name. Uh, give, give Phil some fries. No, no I, I'm going to eat them all. So about after we were all done and he still had half his fries left and, and uh, dad said, no, you're going to finish those fries. Oh, dad, I'm full. I, I can't finish fries. No, no, you're going to finish those fries. But dad, I'm full. I can't finish those fries. No, you're going to finish those fries. You don't understand what I'm saying. And we all went to the motorhome. We said, you can't, he said, you can't come out to the motorhome till you finish those fries, right? He was going to teach him how to share. From then on, I'd say, hey, could I have a fry? Sure, yeah, here, have a fry, right? We learn really quick. But you know what? You know what they forgot? They forgot that the blesser was sitting right there. He didn't buy those fries. Dad bought those fries, right? And we forget that we need to share. So we need to be willing to share. So what we did is last week we started this statement and, and for today and next week we're gonna add a little bit to the statement. And the statement that we learned last week is, God has blessed me with more than I need, I'm rich. I will not trust in riches, but in him who richly provides. And then I want you to fill this in in your notes. Because I have more, I will give more. Would you write that down? Because I have more, I will give more. Now you've written that down. Let's all say it out loud together. Will you say it with me? Are you ready? Here we go. Come on, don't leave me hanging. Ready? Come on, nice out loud. You that watch you online, say it out loud where you're sitting there. Are you ready? God has blessed me with more than I need. I'm rich. I will not trust in riches, but in him who richly provides. Because I have more, I will give more. That's the blessing that God wants us to be to those around us. So here's what I've learned. 
rich people, truly rich people, and, and I'm not talking about the billionaires, I'm talking about us that have been blessed, truly rich people give two specific ways. So let's talk about that this morning. If you're taking notes, the first one is this. I want you to write it down. Truly rich people give strategically. They plan it out. They do it on purpose. They give strategically. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, each one of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. I want you to circle that word heart. Very important. We're going to get back to that in just a moment. I want you to give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now let me just stop there and let me just be very clear. I never, ever, 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 ever want you to give, ever, ever, out of guilt, out of pressure, or because the preacher said so. Please don't ever do that because that's not what God wants. God wants it from the heart. You say, well, I just don't know if I'm ready. That's okay, just continue to pray. Hopefully by the end of this message, you'll see that God really does wanna bless you in an amazing way. That's why I love to talk about this subject. I love to talk about this subject because I love to watch the light bulb come on in people's uh, heads, and I love to see the gleam in their eye when they say, you mean God really wants to bless me? Yes. And he has a plan for that. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Malachi 3.10, the first part of that verse says this. We'll look at the second part in just a moment. But the first part of Malachi 3.10 says this. Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse. Underline tithe and storehouse. That there may be food in my house. Now scholars agree that the word storehouse means the place where you worship, the place where you come to, to be fed, the place where you come, the, the church, the, the place of worship in which you belong. And tithe literally means a tenth. Tithing, the word, means a tenth part when you look at that in Scripture. So what do we talk about tithing for? Because tithing is all about who's number one. It says God deserves the first in everything. It's a word that God uses throughout all scripture. In fact, he uses it far more than the word grace, than the word forgiveness, than the word love. He uses the word uh, or, or the, the subject matter of, of, of giving and generosity because he knows it's probably one of the hardest subjects to hear about, but it also will be something that will bring us great blessing if we will grab a hold on to this biblical principle. So in the Bible, God tells us that we're to give a first 10% of all we earn back to God. Giving less than 10% is not tithing. If you give 2%, I like to say, well, then you're not a tither, you're a toother, right? <laughs> if you give more to, than 10%, that's fine, but the 10% is the tithe. So you say, well, what's the difference between uh, giving a tithe and giving an offering? Because you'll, you'll notice when we come to offering time, we'll say it's time for our tithes and offerings. Well, tithe is that 10% of my income, and offering is anything that I give over and above that tithe. And there's a tendency for us to give him, unfortunately, our leftovers. Instead of giving him our best, instead of giving him our first, our tendency is to say, well, if there's anything left, 
then I will give it to him. And Jesus was asked one time, Lord, teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That is the first and the most important commandment. What was he saying? It is all from the heart. The first two weeks we looked at the story of the rich young ruler. And we realized that being, there's nothing wrong with being rich. There's no, in fact, it's, you know, thank God that, there, that there, money is available for us to do what we need to do. So there's nothing wrong with being rich. There's no sin in being rich. But we realize that if the love of money comes before the love of God, that's what derails us. Are you with me so far? Okay. Well, in Proverbs, we see something very interesting. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, we see that God says that we're to honor God with our possessions and with our first fruits. Now, I've not made it any secret, and I've said it many times, that my life verse is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. In all your ways give him praise, and he will make your path straight. He will direct your path. How many of you know that today, more than ever, we need God to direct our path? Amen. How many of you know we need some direction in our lives, in our nation, in our world? We need God to lead the way, to show us the way. Amen. That's right. We need God to show us our way in our own Christian lives and in our church. We need God to lead the way. Well, how do we do that? We trust in him with all of our what? What did we just circle a little bit ago? With all of our heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't try to understand everything because guess what? You probably never will. Perhaps when we get to heaven, we'll understand this someday. But right now, we're probably not going to understand all of the craziness that we're seeing in the world. But God, you know what I love about God? He said, that's okay. Don't lean on your own understanding because I've got this. Just give me praise and I will direct your path. I'll make the way clear. I'll clear the way for you. I, you know, I, I've told you I grew up in South Florida, and, and uh, I loved to be out in the woods. I was the invisible kid. No one knew where I was because I was out in the woods clearing paths and building forts and catching turtles and snakes. Sounds like a great time, amen? And I had a machete. Didn't bring it with me today. I've still got it. And I would take that machete, and we would clear a path. The woods down there weren't like the woods up here. When I moved up north, I said, who cleared all these woods out? This is pretty cool. But I just imagine God in front of us with a spiritual machete, clearing the way, a path that we thought was impossible. There's no way we can get over there, God said, just watch me. But then he ties it together with verse nine. He said, honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruit of all your increase. And then he said this, if you will do so, your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. One day as I was reading Proverbs chapter three, the whole chapter, it hit me. If I don't embrace the whole Old Testament, I can't have any of the Old Testament. Because one of the greatest arguments I've heard is, well, you know, tithing is Old Testament. Well, so is trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. So is Jeremiah 29, 11, where I have not come to harm you, I have come to prosper you. 
So has the Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You can't, you can't have any of that if you don't have it all. You can't just handpeck, you can't just, uh, you know, handpeck what you want out of Scripture. You've either got to take the whole Scripture or none of the Scripture. So if you want to have the 23rd Psalm, if you want to have Jeremiah 29, 11, if you want to have Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you've got to have Malachi and Proverbs verse 9. Amen? And so what is God saying? He's saying, I will bless you. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. And by the way, in case you are wondering, tithing is in the New Testament as well. Jesus said, it is good that you tithe. You should tithe. In 1 Corinthians 16, 2, it says, on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he or she may prosper. God tells us we're to give him first in our lives. I love the story of the young boy who got his first job and he was so excited because he'd come running home. Mom, 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 I got my first paycheck. I finally, I finally have some money. And by the way, mom, I'm, I'm not really sure I'm gonna be able to afford to tithe. <laughs> right. Well, wait a minute. A little bit ago, you had no money. Now you've got the paycheck and you can't do anything. So we have to ask ourselves, where's God in my life? Is he first? Is he fifth? Is he 10th? Is he 25th? The Lord said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. You see, I want to tell you something that might surprise you. I, nor God, nor the church, we don't want your money. God doesn't want your money. God wants your heart. God wants your heart. You see, when he talks about tithing, he's talking about the heart. Because he understood something. We can give without loving, but we can't love without giving. It's not possible. Love has to be the foundation. And if love is not the foundation of my relationship with God, I'm always going to have a problem. You see, love asks, how much can I give? Legalism asks, how little can I give? What can I get by with? And there's a major difference between the two. Carl Menninger said he was a great psychiatrist. And he said that he's found that generous people, listen to this, are rarely mentally ill. He was saying that when we begin to live beyond ourselves and to give our time and our talent and our treasure, it changes our mindset. We become healthy people. We become healthy emotionally and we become healthy psychologically and physically and spiritually. That's why as your pastor, because I love you, I've got to talk about this issue because I know God has freedom for you and blessing for you that goes far beyond what you can imagine. And anyone in here that has grabbed a hold of this and has begun to live it, they would say, absolutely, pastor, amen, you preach it. And if you're wondering, just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. So if you're taking notes, let's talk about what tithing does for just a moment. The first thing it does, write this down, tithing teaches me to put God first. De Deuteronomy 14, 23, the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your life. It teaches me to put God first. I give God my first and my best, and I trust him to bless the rest. I give God my first and my best, and I trust him to bless 
the rest. So why don't you say that with me? I give God my first and my best, and I trust him to bless the rest. What Crystal and I learned early on in our marriage and what we had both been practicing long before we were ever married, that the most important thing we can do is to arrange our life around him, loving God, putting him first. And we have found, we have discovered something that I want to give you. I want you to write this down. Those who are generous with God tap into what I call kingdom economics. You say, well, what's kingdom economics? It's economics that make absolutely, positively no sense, but I sure am glad God's there. It's a situation where God comes and he blesses us in a way that we thought was impossible. Crystal and I and our family were planting a church and uh, early on, you know, in a church plant, they're not able to support you, and, and that's fine. We were glad to get other jobs, and, and uh, our main job was teaching at a, at a Christian school when we were planting this church. And, and uh, you know, they, they, they brought us in and, and uh, gave us uh, good jobs, and that was, that was one of, uh, including the church plant, of five other jobs that I had, but it was my main job, and we depended on that income pretty heavy. And, and uh, about January, we talk, started talking about what we were going to do that summer because the way the school did their pay is they paid us uh, uh, 10 and a half months during the year. And during the summer months, you're pretty much on your own. So we're like, well, okay, what are we going to do this summer? Are we going to get another job? I don't know. We're already working pretty hard. We're planting a church. I was literally uh, pastoring the church plant and I was leading worship for another church on Sunday morning because they were giving us free rent if I would lead worship for them. Amen? So we were just, we were pretty busy. And I was like, what are we going to do? And well, we're just going to pray about it. And all spring long, we just prayed about it. And we'd, we'd come back to it. We'd visit about every month. What are we going to do this summer when we stop getting, you know, our main source of income? I don't know. We're just going to trust God to do something great. We're just going to have to, I mean, it's coming. <laughs> we can't do anything about it. And so we just continued to, to bless God and, and begin to continue to be generous with the church plant and do our tithing. In fact, we were tithing uh, more than 10%. We're just saying, Lord, we're just trusting you. We believe you're going to do great things. True story. The last day of the school year and the last paycheck, we sat down and said, okay, what are we going to do? Because the bills don't, don't stop. The mortgage doesn't stop. Car payments don't stop. But the paychecks are stopping, both of them. And I'll never forget, we were in the dining room and we had all the bills uh, uh, spread out on the table. And we said, Lord, you know what it's going to take to make it through the summer. And the church has been so kind to us and we know they don't have the ability to give us any more and we're not going to ask them. I don't even think we told them what was going on. We just said, we're just going to trust God. We're going to believe he's going to do something great. So we, we put all that out there and we just laid our hands on it. We said, Lord, you're in control. We believe you called us to plant this church. We believe you blessed us with these jobs at this Christian school and we're so thankful for it. We're thankful for the other streams that you've given to us. But Lord, we're at a place right now where we are completely dependent on you and we're just trusting you for the next two, uh, or, or two months or so that these bills that are coming in, that you're gonna cover them and we just give it to you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, I wanna tell you, I don't know how long it was, but it wasn't, I don't think it was more than an hour. I'm not sure. I have to ask Crystal. She has a better memory than me, but I know what happened. There was a knock on the door. And we went to the door, and this lady was standing there with tears in her eyes. She said, Pastor, can I come in? I said, absolutely. She walked in. She had this manila envelope, I'll never forget, in her hand. 
And she said, you know, I was praying and God has, uh, <clears throat> has blessed me. I, I, I came into an inheritance and, and God said that I was supposed to pass it on. I don't, know, I don't know if this is something, but he said I was specifically supposed to come to your house and, and to the two of you and to hand you this envelope and God bless you and I, I hope it helps. And, and she left. And we opened up the envelope and we started counting. It was literally cash. And right down to almost the dollar, it was exactly what we needed until the job started back up in the fall. Come on, give God a praise. Give God a praise. And you know what? I don't have time. There's, there's story after story after story. We, in fact, we started a book. Uh, Daniel, you remember our blessing book? We started writing all the blessings down that God did through all of that. Now, nobody showed up at my door yesterday with an envelope. You know why? Because God's taking care of us in other ways. But I do know this. If we ever come to that situation again, I don't know how he's going to handle it. It might be an envelope. It might be something else. But I know that God will be there. Why? Because I believe. I preach it because I believe it and I live it. I believe in kingdom economics. God does take care of his own if we will bless him. I believe it with all of my heart. I was figuring it up the other day. And some of you might think less of me for this, but I don't care. I don't, because it was a God thing every time. But out of all the moves that we made, if I have, my, if I have it right, out of all the moves, uh, Pastor David, uh, of ministry, five of them, in fact, the first one, we took a whole half cut and pay. Five of them, we literally took a cut and pay to go there because we knew that God wanted us to go there. And guess what? When we showed up, God took care of it. It's kingdom economics, folks. That's what it is. You see, I believe it, I live it, and God wants to do it for you. And I know it's easy to give 10% when you've got 10 bucks, right? What are you gonna do with a dollar? So you give a dollar. But when that grows a little bit and it's more like 200, maybe, maybe the 20 bucks is a little harder. Or maybe when it's 2,000, maybe the 200 is a little harder. Maybe when it's 10,000, maybe the 1,000 is a little harder. But I, you know what I love about the whole concept of tithing? It's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. We can't all give the same amount, but we can give the same percentage and God will bless it. He promises he will. We'll get to that in just a moment. But before we do, write this down. Tithing increases my faith in God. We have to believe that 90% with God's blessing will go further than 100% without God's blessing. Now that's faith. I promise you that's faith. But I also promise you that it happens. I don't know how. That's why I call it kingdom economics. It's not Phil economics. It's God's economics. I don't know how it happens, but it just does. Crystal and I look at each other. Well, how in the world did that happen? I don't know, but I sure am glad it did. <laughs> and so is the bank. Amen, huh? It takes faith to give first. And if you don't give it first, watch this, it doesn't take faith. If all I do is give God leftovers, then I'm going to give him what's left over if there's anything left over. But you see, God gave this principle in the very beginning of the church's story. For God loved us while we were yet sinners so much that he gave his son. He had faith in us that we would respond and accept Jesus in love. And the fact that you're sitting here this morning tells me that you have a hunger and a desire to know Jesus more. 
God knew you would. God so loved the world that he sent his only son. While we were yet sinners, he gave first. Now let me, let, let me give you the second part of Malachi 3. You remember the first part said, give of your first fruits to the storehouse. Then he says four words that I want you to underline. It's the only place in the Bible that God does this because he knew that when I would be preaching this this morning that it would be really, really, really quiet in the room. <laughs> he understood that because this is one of the most difficult subjects to hear about and can I be honest with you? It's one of the most difficult subjects to preach about because I know that it's one of the most difficult subjects to hear about. But I also know that there's such a mighty blessing for every person in this room. I don't care how old you are. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're 10 or 96. God's got it for you. This blessing goes beyond anything that you can understand until you tap into it. And even then, God knew it'd be hard for us. Yeah, right, pastor. Yeah, right. You're a preacher. You gotta believe that. Well, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. Pastor Dave, can I tell the secret? You already know it. There are a lot of pastors that don't tithe. And I can tell you this, they're missing the blessing. And they'll come to me and say, Pastor Phil, pray for me, I'm, I'm really in trouble. I'll say, are you tithing? Oh, that's Old Testament stuff. I don't preach that. I, God said, if you will test me in this, says the Lord, I love how it says, the Lord Almighty. Everybody say Almighty. 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 I am the Lord Almighty. You understand, this is God himself saying, it's the only place in the Bible, the only promise that he says, you can literally test me on this because I know it's tough. And I promise you, watch what he says, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out, watch this, so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Just try me and see if I won't bless you. You know, that's prosperity preaching. No, that's Bible preaching right there. That's God's promises preaching right there. That's exactly what it is. And if you don't believe it, I brought me some beautiful, illustrative Skittles. <laughs> How many of you love Skittles? Come on, give me. Ah, oh, we all love Skittles, right? I got two glasses full of Skittles here. And we're going to say that these two glasses represent two individuals in somewhat the same circumstances. Now, I want you to observe that I'm using hand sanitizer so that I'm not wasting Skittles. <laughs> we don't want any Skittles to go to waste in the making of this illustration, amen? So we're gonna, we're, I'm gonna clean up so nobody has to worry about it because someone might want some Skittles after church, all right? Make sure they're nice and dry. We don't want them tasting like, like a hand sanitizer. That's gross. All right, here we go. The first guy has bills just like the second guy's got. They've both got bills. Well, the first guy pays his bills. Well, he's got a mortgage. That's... That's a, it's a pretty nice house, so you've got a mortgage. And, and then uh, 
And then uh, he likes to go out to eat. Well, that's, there's nothing wrong with going out to eat. That's great. Nothing wrong with a mortgage. We, you know, have to have a house. And then uh, his kids are going to college. Well, we all know what that's like, right? And, and uh, another kid uh, got married. We're still paying for the marriage on that, right? So got to do that. And then, you know, we got to pay for the second car. Oh, we got to do that. And, and then, oh, I, you know, that one thing at, at Walmart, I really wanted to get that. I think I can afford that. And, and uh, hey, it looks like there's a little bit more there. And maybe we can go out to eat and see a movie or something and, and uh, all that. And, uh, and by, before we know it, there's... Uh, more month than there is money, right? But then the roof starts leaking. Oh no. My roof is leaking. What am I going to do? Nothing. You're out. Now the second guy has a very similar situation. But he does, like Crystal and I do, the first to day of paycheck, we sit down, and we give that tithe first, right off the top. Put that in there. I'm not real good at percentages, so we'll say that's, we'll say that's 10%, all right? Then we got to pay the mortgage, and we got to pay car payments, and then we got a kid in college, <laughs> and uh, we had a wedding, so we you know, help out with that a little bit, and you know, you got to go out to eat some, you know, and, and all that. And, and uh, you know, the money's starting to run low, but we have a little bit left, so we're going to go out to eat. And, and uh, oh, no, we forgot that one bill, all that, we got to pay that. And, and uh, now we're out. What are we going to do? Well, what did we just read? Let me read it again. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there not, will not be room to store it. Well, the roof just started leaking. But guess what? It's not my roof. It's God's roof. Because I gave it to him. So I don't go to the Lord and say, well, Lord, my roof's leaking. You know what I do? I go to the Lord and say, well, Lord... Your roof's leaking. <laughs> Don't know if you notice that, but we're getting a little wet down here. Just wondering what you're going to do about that. And God says, got you covered. Go ahead and fix that roof. Come on. Come on. You didn't know you could teach the Bible with Skittles, did you? <laughs> Listen, this isn't Pastor Phil. This is the Bible. And I believe in preaching the whole Bible. I'm not going to hide anything from you because it's embarrassing or you might be uncomfortable when I say it. But what I love about this is we might be a little uncomfortable, but if we get a hold of this, the blessing that God wants for us, you will come, I promise you, you will come and you will thank me. It's happened so many times. Then secondly, we give strategically, number one, and secondly, we give sacrificially. As I close my message, I just want to read to you a story out of 2 Samuel, verse 24. It's not in your notes. I didn't have room to put it in your notes, but 
It's the story of David when he had seen the angel that was about to destroy the people, and he he couldn't see, he couldn't have that. He was he was the shepherd; they were his sheep. And so, when he saw that, he said to the angel, "Please, I I'm the one who sinned. The shepherd did me. I did the wrong." He says, "But these sheep, what what did they do wrong?" Punish me and my family, not them. And the same day, Gad came to David and said, Go and build an altar on the threshing floor of Arana, the Jebusite. So David did what Gad had told him, what God had commanded. Arana looked up and saw David and his men coming his way. And he met them, bowing deeply, honoring the king. And he said to King David, why has my master, the king, come to see me? He says, I've come to buy your threshing floor so that I can build an altar to God here and put an end to this disaster. I want God to know that he has all of my heart and I want to sacrifice to him. Now get the picture. David is building an altar of sacrifice to save his people. He's investing in the people of God. Oh, said Arana, let my master the king take and sacrifice whatever he wants. And look, here's an ox for the burnt offering and threshing paddles and ox yokes for fuel. Arana gives it all to the king and may God, your God, act in your favor. I'm just going to give this to you. But the king king said to Arana, no, no, no. David said, no, 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 you don't understand. I've got to buy this from you. And I've got to buy it from you for a good price. I don't want you to give me a bargain. I want to buy this. I I, I don't want you to give it to me. Why was he saying that? He said, because I'm not going to offer to God, my God, sacrifices that are not sacrifices. And how many times... Maybe we've got a couple Skittles left in the bottom. We say, all right, well, I guess I can survive till payday, Lord. There you go. Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) I forgot. (laughs) Right? Too close? Look in your notes, Luke 21. It's a story of Jesus. He sees the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury, making noise as they do it, bragging about it. And it wasn't a sacrifice, believe me. They were giving what they could spare. But they were letting everybody know it so they could feel good about themselves and everybody would look at them like they were special and like they were spiritual. I'm giving $300, I'm giving $500, I'm giving $1,000. When truth be told, they probably could have given $5,000 and not missed it. But you know, the people were looking on and go, wow, $500, that's amazing. Man, they must really be spiritual. Yeah, yeah, we kind of are, just saying. 
But he also saw, do you see this? A poor widow put in two very small copper coins. And he called them out. And he said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. Because she gave her heart. It's not equal giving. We can't all give the same amount. It's not possible. You get a room full of people this diverse. We don't have the same. But we can give the same sacrifice. To some, a dollar is a sacrifice. To some, a hundred is a sacrifice. That's why I love this principle that God put together. It's not equal giving. It's equal sacrifice. Now, I learned a long while ago that when I preach a sermon like this, I'm not going to have an altar call. I'm not going to have you raise your hands. But I would like you to repeat everybody, if you would, to say this paragraph together. And can we, even if we're not quite there yet, could we maybe say it in faith? Could we maybe say it out loud and say, Lord, just be honest. I don't know if I'm there yet, but Lord, I want to be. I want to test you in this. I want to I want to I want to see your blessing. I want to bless you. I want you to have my heart. So I'm going to put it back up on the screen. You have it in your notes there again. You ready? Let's read it out loud. It says God has blessed me. You ready? God has blessed us with more than we need. We're rich. We will not trust in our riches, but in him who richly provides. Because we have more, we will give more. So here's what I encourage us to do. Let's not give like average people. Let's give only as a rich person does. Let me read you this verse. It's not in your notes. Isaiah 32, 8. But generous people plan to do what is generous. And they stand firm in their generosity. Would you just bow your heads? I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you. Lord, I know that you have this blessing. You promised that we did for every person under the sound of my voice, whether they're watching online or whether they're here in the room. Lord, this is a promise for every person, uh, past, present, and future. Lord, you put it in your word as a promise. Lord, that if we will give you our heart fully, and if we will trust you fully, and if we will be generous towards you fully, Lord, that you will bless us beyond what we can contained, Lord. And those are your words, not my words. And Lord, I just pray right now that as we come uh, together, Lord, under one roof and under one Lord, uh, whether we're watching online or right here in the room, that we would just purpose in our heart that we will give you everything as David did. Lord, that you will see our heart as a heart that is after you. That's the most important thing. What you really want from us, Lord, is our heart. And I pray that we would do that today. Now, every head bow, every eye closed. There might be someone here this morning and you've never, you've never uh, given your heart to the Lord. You've never asked Jesus into your life. You've never given your, your, your heart to him. Ask him to forgive you. I want you to know that that's the first step. The first step to God's blessing. The first step to a relationship with him 
is to pray that God will save you and make you a new person. And so I just want to pray a prayer with you. And if that's you this morning, I just want you in your own way. I'm not going to ask you to pray it out loud, but I just want you to pray this prayer the best way you know how. Just say this to the Lord. You say, is this easy? Yes. The Lord said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He promises that he will do that. For God so loved you that he gave his son. So would you just pray this right now? Lord, the best way I know how, I come to you and give you my life. By faith, I believe that Jesus was your son. By faith, I believe that he died and rose again. And Lord, by faith, I ask you to come into my heart and life. By faith, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Lord, the best way I know how, by faith, I ask you to make me a new creature. I want to have this relationship the pastor's talking about this morning. I want to have new life. And right there in your seat, or if you're watching online, if you're praying this prayer, if you're listening on, on iTunes or Spotify or watching it in, uh, 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 later on on YouTube or whatever it is, it, it still matters right now. Right now matters. This decision that you're making right now, it matters. And Jesus said that if we will pray that prayer, he will forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so God, right now, I pray for your cleansing. I pray for your forgiveness. I pray for your blessing. I pray for your strength. I pray that no one would leave this room unchanged, Lord, that we would know that you are God and that you have changed us from the inside out. And we pray that, Lord, in faith, believing, and all God's people said amen. Come on, all God's people said amen. Amen. Church, can we give God a praise for everybody that prayed that prayer this morning? Come on. Give God a praise. Amen. Amen. I have two words for you if you prayed that prayer. I have two words for you. Listen to me. It's real. Everybody say that. It's real. It's real. I believe it with all my heart. And God wants to use you in a great and mighty way. Well, I'm glad I came to church today. And I'm glad that you came as well. And uh, we're so, so very blessed, aren't we? I'm going to ask our ushers to come. And uh, we're going to receive our tithes and offerings. If you did not come prepared to give this morning, we understand that. I would ask you to take out of the, pull out of the the bulletin, that communication card. And uh, if you would fill that out. If you prayed that prayer, would you put that on there? And say, I prayed the prayer. That's all you have to put. We'll know what you mean. I prayed the prayer and asked Jesus into my life. And those cards uh, come to us. Uh, Pastor David is in the back. And if you prayed that prayer, you can meet him. He'll be right over here by the Welcome Center. And uh, I'd like for you to go and let him. We have a, a gift that we would like to give to you and, and some more instructions. And just, just let us know because we want to continue to pray and partner with you. Amen. By your heads. Father, thank you for your many, 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 many blessings, more than we can contain. Thank you for this, your people. Thank you for this church. Thank you, Lord, for your Savior, Jesus Christ, that you sent on, uh, to us that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Lord, use this gift for your glory. Lord, use this offering for your glory, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. While they're receiving that offering, I just have a couple things I want to share with you. Anyone that is planning to be baptized next Sunday, Baptism Sunday, it's going to be a great day. And I know several of you have expressed interest. And uh, Pastor Scott, would you stand up and give us a big wave? He's right there in the back. And uh, you meet Pastor Scott right over here to my left, out those doors and to the chapel, which is on your left, the first room in the hallway. 
right after church. If you'll go down that hallway and meet Pastor Scott, he has a little orientation he wants to share with you, how, how to come prepared and how ready to do that. So don't miss that. Then I want to let you know, um, beginning in, no, in December, on first Sundays, we're going to have him sing. All right, so come early, come around 10 o'clock, and we're gonna have a hymn sing uh, from that from 10 to around 10:20 or so. And uh, so, if you if you would like to just sing some hymns uh, the good old-fashioned way uh, and uh, do it uh, together uh, with the church, you come on first Sunday. So that would be uh, December the third, I believe. And uh, so, uh, what is it? The sixth. Thank you for correcting me. And uh, December the 6th will be our next first Sunday. And we're going to do a hymn sing uh, around 10 o'clock. So come early for that. Also, next week, you've heard me mention, we're going to have a special Thanksgiving offering for Church on Como. We're actually going to raise an offering for another church that we can help them with the ministry that they do uh, to those who are uh, uh, addicted, those who are homeless, uh, those who are struggling. Uh, you heard them. If you did not hear them speak a few weeks ago, you can go back online and uh, listen to uh, the story about uh, the church on Como. And uh, we want to raise a great big offering. Some of you have already given towards it. I tell you what, God is a great big God. Amen. And he's up to something and he's doing great things. Would you stand up? Would you give somebody a Corona elbow bump and say, man, I'm glad you came today. God bless you. Thank you for coming. You're dismissed.